Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chado. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today goes by Tim North, who's an artist that I go way back with. I have some history with. He used to go by the name Fundament. And, you know, I haven't really seen or heard about his music until Spotify randomly suggested his song. And I went from there, man. And that song was called Fuck Luck. It has over 2 million streams. And we talked about uh, Tim North's uh, contributions and his history coming up in in the Toronto community, how he ended up working with Post Malone and his team, his rebranding, and so much more. Tim North on the Comedy Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Tim North. I'm a rapper, uh, artist, I guess, rapper, singer, and a, and a songwriter. I don't know whether to put the songwriter first or second these days. I'm sort of got a, a foot in uh, both lanes, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do. Everywhere I go to tell me to stay up to see and every homie from round away on the way I pack a night up on the moon, send them heavy in the web, yeah, I'm heavy with the way. Heard what I say Seen them all they up the cakes just to run them out, never set a foot in the game. I'm just getting that work up. I fit into stress. Everybody trying to chirp now. They got next. I wish you the best. I really mean it. Wish you the best. Tim North, welcome to the Come Up Show. Yeah, man. What's good, bro? This is crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, years later. Years later, I am um, in my place washing my dishes, listening to Spotify, and this song comes on. I'm like, yo, this is really dope. And then the name is like Tim North. I'm like, hmm, oh, yeah. I've never, I haven't heard of this person before who is it and then i think i see maybe in the bio section or whatever he's from toronto i'm like what and then i think i might have done some googles or instagrams i'm like god had to get to clicking tim that's him yeah bro right like out of nowhere i've obviously heard your music before i've known you for years yeah and i was like whoa this is an, a, an, a pleasant surprise a pleasant cool. surprise Thank you, spotify algorithm yeah, man, and and as uh, you may know, a lot of artists and and creatives listen to that. So, yeah, uh, I do. Spotify algorithm, but I don't think because that song is currently alone on Spotify has over two point one million streams. 
which yeah. is amazing. That's just on Spotify now, but it's on YouTube and all the other streaming uh, things. So there's uh, there's obviously a push behind that. You, it, this is not just the upload of Spotify and nothing, and that's it. You did that. So how did you how did you how did accomplish that? Come about? that? Yeah, um, yeah. I had a friend. Well, I reached out to uh, to the people at Spotify, uh, and Nathan. Pretty much, I was connected. So Spotify to Canada, friend. Yeah. yeah, reached out to Spotify Canada, and um, and really it was, it was like, you know, there wasn't a big organization, uh, organizational aspect going on uh, before that. As far as what was happening with Spotify, I just hit him with the with the uh, explanation of the song, and and it didn't uh, it didn't ex- like I mean I don't want to use the term explode. It's not like the song is that big but it but it, like it it was the best song that i had as far as numbers to date and um it took a little bit of steam um not sure who added what where but when it got put on mellow bars um it stayed on mellow bars for a while and then like um it's funny because kind of like a similar thing to what you're saying what happened with nathan uh where he didn't but it was more on the songwriting aspect and he didn't know that i was a writer as well and then my name came up uh, when I had this Mia Martina single. I wrote a song for Mia Martina last summer. It was my, it wasn't my first placement, but it was, it was uh, definitely like a cool moment. And uh, and yeah, so he, he he found out about that and he hit me up and said, you know, I looked into the stats more. Like your your numbers doing great. So like I just sort of built a little relationship with him like that. You know, the. I'm not, I, I don't want I don't know how to speak on Spotify's behalf but like I know that if you perform well you know no matter how big the numbers are they'll take that they'll take you know whatever stats you have and look at how it's performing and then I mean that's I don't even know if they if if a person's doing it but that's that's the algorithm I think yeah a lot of people are liking and saving you know it's all about the save the save ratio you know mm. apparently I had like a one to two or something like every like you know, half the music was coming from people's libraries as well as the playlists. So I think that's what you want to look for. If you're like on your on your mm. Spotify artist thing or wherever, it's a pretty good sign. I think if you have a good ratio of people discovering off the playlists and then also off of their saved music, you want to see that mm. saved music. Bar. So, yeah, they're taking further actions because, yeah, like uh, on Spotify, you, you know, there's obviously you get related and you get suggested and, you know, you can just, just press play and it could just be playing. But then if the users are taking actions like, oh, let me save this or let me yeah, add it exactly. to my uh, my personal playlist as a user and there's that engagement from the listeners, Spotify is seeing that like, hey, there's actual uh, engagement here uh, and, and from Spotify perspective i'm assuming they want to give the best user experience to yeah. their users so they can stay as long as possible and have a good time when they're listening on spotify yeah. and so they yeah. also have they they he did it nathan did a talk that i went to that my buddies mm-hmm. and for the people who don't know nathan is a guy that's yeah, here yeah, in toronto yeah. uh and working from the spotify canada office yeah. here in toronto um yeah so i should yeah. say spotify did a talk yeah at uh my homies uh, the post office shout out post office they yeah. did a little talk that helped the whole community come out and check it out and um I, I found it super informative where he said that there's additionally there they have a team that really pays attention to us to what goes on off platform so they want to see you doing well on the platform obviously but they also like it's it's cool i found it kind of progressive that they're like they want to see what you're doing like you know yourself as well and they have a dedication to that so mm. when you hear spotify algorithm it's not it's not just 
it's not just about what goes on within that universe. They do mm-hmm. operate within the real world, you know what I mean, and pay attention. But, I mean, then again, I, I don't know. It's just my, it's just what I know from p- uploading music and seeing little things happen. So, like, you know, uh, you know, we're going to play, like, maybe, like, you know, when we this interview comes out, it'll be, like, a, a short excerpt or, like, 20 seconds of the Fuck Fuck song. Yeah. Uh, some people may be familiar with that song. Uh, they've definitely probably got a, n- a lot of new fans. Uh, or people who've never heard of you when they heard uh, the song Fuck Luck by you. Yeah. Uh, but you are not a new artist. I know some artists right. started to say, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for two years now. And, like, it came out of nowhere and I'm blowing up. And, like, you know, the, there's this whole rebranding thing. And we'll talk about that. But sure. you have history. You have contributed to this community here in Toronto uh, for a minute now. And, and, and I, I want people to know about that. I want our listeners to know about that. Uh, so where would you say your contribution started in the Toronto music? Wow. Yeah, contribution means generous. like, you know, you, you know, I well, always quote this thing from my Talib Kweli, you're either contributing to the culture or just taking from it. So you, what you, you obviously, I got into music and then you started releasing music and you also did shows, right? So tell me yeah, about like, that. Yeah, like I would consider everything up until so i used to go by fundament is what you're saying uh that was like that was from a graffiti name like i grew up just like sort of in the graffiti world and um and i'm also glad that you're not straying away from that you're not like even though fundament if they search it they don't see it it's all out there it's still but like you're not like you're not that's not me dog who i don't know that person you know what i mean like (laughs) there there are a lot of there's people who do that yeah i guess i'm not like i'm not trying to hide nothing it's just honestly like um, I, I was just sort of like growing up in the city and I used to throw a lot of shows. Uh, I was in a squad called Boombox Saints as well, mm. um, which isn't to be confused with the, there's a West Coast rap group called Boombox Saints that we had found out about. Mm. Like, so, but this, that was a squad that I grew up, uh, throwing shows with. We used to do like the Alma Combo a lot, uh, different clubs around the city and, uh, so I was always kind of like promoting shows and it sort of became my source of income and, and my, like my focus more so always, it was never really the plan to be a, a promoter. I was just throwing shows because I, I wanted shows to happen. I wanted to perform and I wanted to, to, you know, just do music and create a little scene. And we, and we definitely did that. Uh, and then there was a second sort of chapter of that called Dropping Knowledge where I, where I met you. And that was sort of started with my college buddies uh, out in Montreal. And then we brought it back to Toronto. Uh, and uh, and it was cool. Like, it was super fun. Um, but I, I had realized that I never really got to make the type of music that I wanted to make. Um, th- like, well, not, not to say that I never got to, but I, I just... I wasn't making the type of music that I knew that I was capable of making, and I wanted to focus on that. I was like getting caught up throwing the shows all the time. You know what I mean? And like, which takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy, and it and it, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just that's that's what um, I realized after a bit of time, and I'd accomplished like a fair amount of things. You know, we went from. And both those were sort of both the different shows. At one point, like the the boombox and the and the drop of knowledge stuff, I was doing them. At one point, I was doing them both at the same time, probably for like a year. Um, and we started like bringing people up 
we sort of like moved up the ranks in Toronto and like it started off as just of our friends at this like old venue called the Hooch that fit like 75 people and then it, it grew to like you know enough people to have like a real party where we could reach out to like Toronto legends and like between the different ones like we we booked um, Decisive and then like Shaclair was cool Eternia was Sean really Prix cool too? Sean Price yeah and then yeah. we started reaching out to people that yeah. that were like idols like Sean yeah. Price rest yeah. in peace which is super super crazy still to think about and that was the, actually the final boombox one that we ever threw mm. and that was like a crazy legendary night. Um, yeah, as I far as I was like, there. yeah, like that was a fun, that was a crazy night. It was Classified's birthday. He came up on stage. Oh yeah, it was, uh, we surprised them. Uh, yeah, with like, yeah, like Rich surprised him. Rich kids yeah. surprised him with the cake on stage and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. I was running around. The whole thing is like yeah. I was running around like crazy the whole time. Yeah, and even like so it became like my performance. Like I opened, I would be opening for not all of the shows. I, I tried to you know have my due diligence and not just like you know. Um, open for all these shows and just you know try to shine off everything i really try to make it more of a community thing with each one of these things but um yeah like i i i didn't find myself focusing that much and i should probably if i'm telling the stories of who i started bringing up then it was like we brought on the drop in knowledge stuff we brought uh ritz which was really cool he's an action or sorry he's a he's a, a yellow wolf affiliate he signed to strange music now he does this he, he's crazy um, we brought Action Bronson up, which was probably the coolest show that I did. But, um, and you know, like I would always work little things in where I'd do verses and stuff with these guys. Mm. And I have like unreleased music <laughs> with, with, uh, with these guys. Mm. Um, that may, I don't know if it's ever going to surface. And what era would you say of the year? Well, like what's the time? It's like 2010. Yeah. It's a while ago. 2012 maybe is when yeah. it all sort of ended, I think. Mm. Um, and, uh, and what, you know, I never meant for it to end. It's just, I was like, you know, um, I should just like focus on my music. Like I want to just like take some time to just focus on, on music and a job came up bartending and I was like, well, let me just, you know, let me just like see what I can do as a musician more like first and foremost, cause that's where this all came from. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And um, as far as like changing my name up, it's really funny because like I actually tried to go by my my legal last name is Stewart. I tried to go by Tim Stewart. If you if anyone would ever see all like the later posters, like when I was doing the Action Bronson, we probably did one with Fashion. I don't remember Fashion. We brought him up, and like my name was like Tim Stewart on the poster, but no one would, no one called me that. Like everyone would be still be like Fundament, Fundament. And uh, I never had any particular. Like, it was literally just a word that looked cool when I wrote it. Like, that's what it's like in graffiti. You know what I mean? You just, mm. like, pick letters that f that form a cool word, but I never cared for the word. Mm. And then there was this, like, book that came out that was called The River of Fundament. And it was, like, this big movie. And, it ha and I was like, okay, you know what? Scrap. It was, like, it was, like, a big movie. I think it, like, won, like, Cannes Film Festival or something like that. River of Fundament. River of Fundament. That's it. Yeah. It was done. What? It was done. The name was your name. Yeah, and I was just like, and, and I also hadn't that. put out any music. Like I was like, I was I was working at the bar and I was trying to figure out my, um, what I was gonna do next. Like you know, I really want, was working, hacking away at myself as at a, at, as a musician, just making music in my room like every day. Like you know, like how it all started, and I don't know. Really, I think it all started to click when I when I brought more melodies in. 
You know, mm. Rap got more melodic, so everyone sort of started trying that more. And I, I never knew that I can sing. Like, I, yeah, like I'm not like a crazy singer. I'm not like, you know, Trey songs or something like that, but I, but I can sing. And, uh, and so that was cool. And I changed, changed a lot and da-da-da. And then was putting music up on SoundCloud. And um, really the, the way that it all sort of came into a thing like into sort of a little bit next next of a stage in life was because a friend showed my stuff to Post Malone's manager, Dre London, and Post had just started, um, you know, popping. The, well, not just started popping, but so he had, well, at this time you're making the more melodic music, or is this the fundamental music? No, that this he is like I'm up? like yeah, like I had songs out. I okay, didn't, I didn't. Fuck luck hadn't dropped yet. Okay, but I had like some songs out. Can't really remember what what music have been out or not but hmm. and this is as tim north or tim yeah like tim north, okay, yeah okay. like i'd okay <clears throat> to me it was never really a big deal and then yeah. like i think that it's just like you know i put like i made it north because it's just about toronto you know what i mean like i've yeah. always been a super proud torontonian so i was just like yo like you know that sounds dope make it tim north let's just keep it moving it was mm. never like a wasn't like a heavy rebrand of any sort. I just yeah. sort of, and like I want, like I want to go by my real name, like Tim. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a bazillion Tim Stewarts out yeah. there. So like, make it Tim North. Like it's cool. Yeah. And um, but like that was pretty much as much th- as much. So your as friend I put showed your music to uh, Post Malone's manager. Yeah. This is the beginning. Post had come Post here Malone. for CMW. He yeah. Did, he did. Um, he did. Uh, the mob club for cmw and um and yeah like people met up with with his manager and stuff like that and i had just like friends that sort of knew him and they sent my music to him and one thing led to the next and they wanted me to come out and i don't know sort of like just like dabble come to la yeah come to la so yeah so flew me out and i so before this though, you weren't re- you weren't going out to LA for bi- like music or business or no, anything like that, right? I'd made one trip out to LA yeah. at one point, yeah, and didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I just like wandered around LA. Yeah, <laughs> like I did like a I did like a freestyle on the rooftop of Hip Hop DX. Yeah, yeah, Hip Hop DX Live or something like that. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. there's some. Yeah, there's like a freestyle on a roof somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That I did there. Okay, but then, so now, yeah, they hear your music, Post Malone's team manager hears your music and say, come out. music, want me yeah. to come out? And really, it was like, Dre was like, yo, like, he introduced me to the concept of songwriting. Of, like, you know, I thought about it, but, like, I didn't really know what, what was going on. And I shouldn't say that because, especially if I'm on record, I want to say, like, um, definitely, like, Big Ives and and Arthur MacArthur were like, yo, you have hooks for days, and they were telling me about songwriting. So mm-hmm. I was, like, writing stuff, like, I was friends with Roy... Woods, um, on college, I was like writing stuff that I was like, oh, maybe like, I don't know, like he could take it or something like that. Or like, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, Dre um, was like, you should work with this artist, Mia Martina. And then I wound up being a co write with Jensen Vaughn, who's like kind of like a mentor to me at this point. And, um, and then like that song, then and there, uh, that was like, that was like, pretty much the first like songwriting session that I was like put into by somebody mm-hmm. and I wound up placing I wound up being her, her single which is like I don't know well, what was that like for crazy. you though like always writing for yourself maybe or contributing with other you I know was friends open. I was but super like, open to yeah, it yeah I've always been like yeah like I don't know I'm not like I'm not a very 
uh, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm not very egotistical, but it's just like I'm just not really like I'm not like oh this is my music, it's mine, it's yeah, my yeah. baby. Like I, it's like I've always been down to try different stuff, do different things. Yeah, you know what I mean. And just like do whatever. Well, like you know, if we're just if we are such music fans, anything that keeps us in the music game. Yeah, and there's that too. Like, like yeah, <laughs> obviously, right? Like right. it's like you know why not? Why not just like like try it out? Yeah, like, you know, like I I do make beats. I don't put myself out there as a producer, but I do produce. Yeah, I I, I DJ. Yeah. I DJ all the time right now, actually. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm just like I just love love music, so I'll do whatever. And I I think that you know that might confuse people sometimes, being like, oh, is he a is he a DJ or is he a artist or is he a songwriter? Yeah. But like to be honest, like my just the way my brain works, I don't really think about what other people think about me very much. You know what I mean? I've never really been that type of guy. I'm not, like, wondering what other people's perspective of me is. Yeah. And it's something that I should probably work on because it's branding. Not too much as a musician because, you know, you, you got to be creative the way you want to create, create, but you can understand the pressure that when people say, so what are you up to now? Like, I haven't seen you post forever. Or, right. like, it doesn't seem like we always have this pressure to seem like we're busy, we're hustling, yeah, we're grinding on, yeah. on social, t- to other people's perceptions. Yeah. Or, like, you know, and I also feel like, you know, there's, like, a thing or, like, oh, did you give up rapping or whatever? It's, like, right. there's kind of, like, Especially, you know, because it's very real where people, there's a lot right. of friends that you know, we know, we all know that are not making music anymore. Yeah. For various reasons. Right? Yeah. I don't think that I'll ever not make music. Mm. I've been making music since I was nine. Like, yeah. I got a drum set when I was nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't really, I've had, I've had, you know, strange encounters. People are like, oh, you're still putting out music. I can tell there's like an undertone there. And I'm yeah. like. Of course I'm putting out music. I made this from a real place. I'm always going to make music. I'm always going to put it out. Like, it's not about, like, the whole, the success of music, which I definitely love. Like, I'm definitely, a, like, I'm an entrepreneurial guy as well. But, like, that's the other half of it. You know, those are two different, those are two different things. You know what I mean? And just because you're going to slow one down doesn't mean you got you got to stop doing the other. But, you know, power to anyone that also is like, you know what, like, I'm going to move on to another hobby. You know, I'm sure that if you're creative uh, in one sense and you want to, like, you're the type of person who likes to focus on things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I'm not really the type of guy that's, like, only going to – that's even, like, I caught – like, I sort of had to catch myself with the promoting because I was like, oh, I'm getting all – like, I'm getting super passionate about promoting. Like, the reason I started this in the first place because I wanted to rap. So in that case, I was more like, okay, let me, like, focus on – on rapping, but I think in general, an overall sense, it's like I enjoy wearing, you know, multiple hats and just, and just, you know, being just, I don't know, having it all revolve around music. Is it, and is it, what's the most important thing? Is it as long as I'm having fun or is it as long as I'm learning new things? What is the, the intrinsic qualities that have to be there for you to keep going? I like, to me, I think yeah. it's always about like, not saying that I'm like, some ahead of the curve like you know progressive musician but it's just like i when the feeling that i get is always about like yeah like about pushing forward like somehow making something that i haven't done yet and that i haven't like you know i'll get i'll I'll be inspired to do something i'll be like holy shit like that's a that's an idea like i have to do that like right now and i'll get this like sort of like fire in my belly like i just Mm. have to do that and you know what I mean? Like, it's the type of thing that'll hit me when I'm walking down the street. And I'll be like, 
about to have plans with someone, I'll be like, yo, I have to cancel right now. I'm so sorry, but like, I'll be there in like a few hours and like, I'll, you know, or, or whatever. And it's just like, I got to go home and just like, even if it's just do a rough idea of it, it's like, I have to do that. Or you know that I mean? idea will pass. I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. I, I just, but that feeling that. <laughs> that you have, or it also works really, does that work really well? when it comes to songwriting for not only yourself or for other people? Yeah, well, that's the, yeah. the, what yeah. I found as a song, uh, what I found with the with the idea of songwriting that was just game-changing for me is that now I'm not wearing the A&R glasses. I'm just make I hear production because, you know, 90% of the time I'm working on other people's production, but I'll hear something musical, and if it calls for something then that's what I make. You know what I mean? It's like lyrics, the way that I like to write are generally more, not lyrics, but more so melodies, but either way, like the top line that you're going to make, it's like a response to the production usually. And so, you know what I mean? Like when it's about songwriting, that's what I love right now. It's like, I don't ever say no to a beat. I don't need to say no to a beat. If I'm in a, if I'm in a room where I wanna, that I want to be in, if I'm working with someone that, I want to collaborate with whether you know it's because of it's because it'd be smart for my career or because I just like the person or whatever. It doesn't matter what they what they do as long as I like that. It's not even about me liking. As long as it sounds like something that needs something else added to it, then that's it. Mm. And I don't need to be like that beats dope, but I'll but that's not for me. Mm. You know what I mean? So what was like uh, what was the point that like in between all of this where like maybe you had to step back or that was the most challenging and like literally lowest point for you. Right. Yeah. This, this is what you said to you. I, I told you, I asked you this already, like I, in person, yeah. but yeah, um, go ahead. I, I think that the hardest parts um, of it are when you're, for me, are when uh, I realize that I'm making decisions uh, in life uh, that, uh, you know, force me to be confident in what I'm in where I'm choosing to go in the sense of, you know, I don't work at the bar anymore. I'm happy. Well, not, I don't want to be like, I'm happy to say, but it's like, you know, it's cool. Like I've been able to, I've been able to now go full time for the past six months or something, but, um, nights at the bar when like, you know, you have like douchebag customers and you're thinking about like, you know, like my friends from high school, like have careers or like my you know, my, like, older brother or whatever, like, you know, is, like, really secure in life, probably more secure in what they're doing, you know, people that have health care, <laughs> people that have, you know what I mean? I mean, shout out to Canadian health care, but... Yeah, benefits, I mean, like benefits and yeah. life insurance and yeah, all these and, other and things, like yeah. like, upward mobility at their yeah. job and, like, you know what I mean, like, a set career path, and it's, like, as long as you do your job right, right now, you'll move up. Bartending is great, like, you know what I mean? Shout out to everyone that's crushing the bartending world. It's cool. But it's like when you're having a rough, like, you got you to gotta make ends meet in order to pursue your dream and this career And if you haven't yet succeeded uh, financially. And you got to make those choices. And I think that that's, those are the hardest ones where you're like, man, I could stop. You know what I mean? I could go nine to five with with something that's like in a marketing job or something like that. You know, and which you you were doing right? You were were you in advertising? No, no. Oh, never, okay. I've never okay. had um, any sort of desk job or anything like that. Mm. Um, Weren't you creating like? Were you creating creative though? 
Am I got this wrong? Were you ever editing video or stuff like that or, or uh, no? There was like a summer that I yeah. edited video f for some homies, but I'm okay. like, I mean like that was like that forever me ago. My, me and my studio, my home studio, like doing it. But like that was also in like first year university or something like that. <clears throat> but like as far as like you know getting a job, mm -hmm. going out and getting a job, like it's. It was like promoting, and then it was working at a bar. And I worked at the same bar for like five years. So and you're saying was you're saying that one of the challenging points was like quitting that bar job and saying I'm going to go no, full time it was like on music. Being there, okay. And being like, I have to do this right now. I have to make rent. Yeah. Because you know the the career path that I'm choosing, especially songwriting, right? Like yeah. you don't get paid for super long as a songwriter. If it's, you, know, you have a song on the radio right now and it's yeah. a smash. Yeah. You're not getting paid for three quarters of a year on your publishing. So, like, even, and, like, you got to get, like, the process from when you write a song for someone to it being finished to it being decided on as a release to it being released to it then succeeding and then to it you having your payout three quarters of a year later, <laughs> that's a long process. You know what I mean? So you need to be able to fund yourself somehow. Um, and... Yeah, I'm talking about just like, you know, if you're bar bartenders get a lot of shit, you know, from like oh, yeah, your customers and stuff. Yeah. And just like, I'm just thinking when you ask that question, I'm like, I don't know when are the toughest, when the toughest moments, because realistically, it's probably that. It's when I'm like, you know what, like, it's not just about, oh, this customer is being a douche and I got to do this to be a, a, a musician. It's just like, I'm choosing to, I'm choosing to withstand these, these nights, like super late nights where I, you know, get home at like four or five in the morning just because I'm. Working at a bar, and I got to get up for a session. You know what I mean? At like 10 a.m. for like a pop session, maybe. And like, it's a tough night, and you're just like, shit. Like, you know, I hope this works. Hope this works out. Like, I could have just, I could have just got a job somewhere mm. and made music as a hobby. Mm. You know what I mean? Or, or made music. You know, in just not as full time. Because mm. you know? that's the other thing is being. Being in like a, a waiter or a bartender, you do get a pretty great amount of free time, I think, depending on where you're at. But yeah, hmm. but yeah, I mean that's that's where you know those nights when you're just like you're in the weeds, you know, behind a bar, and you're just like thinking like, man, I'm I'm smarter than just you know some idiot pouring drinks. You know, I'm like I'm, I'm doing something with my life. Like I have value. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like. That's the point where you know you like, got it in you. You just want to yeah. like put it into it. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't last. It doesn't. That feeling doesn't last long. Mm. You're just like, you're like, yeah. So I got to do what I got to do. What's currently uh, inspiring you? Um, I don't know. Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla's dope. Not only musically, but like just overall. Um, I mean. I just, like, go, I don't know, like, I think that life in general is just is just inspiring, you know what I mean, like, a press a cough button, um, yeah, as far, like, as far as being inspired by stuff lately, I don't know, life, I think that we're, I'm extremely lucky to just be able to exist in, you know, Toronto, Canada, 2018, you know what I mean? And have the type of lifestyle that I have with my friends and, 
you know, be social and make music every day. Like it feels great every day to wake up. So mm. just, just that, you know, I get in, like, as far as like, you know, literal inspiration for sparking of ideas, like conversations, there's nothing better than when you start a session and you talk for the first like couple hours and you get into like an actual conversation about something that is cool and weird and you're like, that's what we're going to write about right now then. You know what I mean? Or like when you're out with, I love it when I'm out with my with, with musician friends. To me, it's super important to socialize with the people that I, that I make music with. Like it's all got to be part of the same world to me. I try at least, you know? Um, and I love like when you come up with some, someone says something like right then and there and you're like, that is a dope hook. And we're like, yo we got a session tomorrow. We got to do this, mm. you know? Mm. I like that. That's happened a couple of times. The part where you say you're excited to be here in Toronto in 2018 because you've obviously been following. Yeah, that's been cool. been part, like, by that, I mean, I, by that, I'm assuming you mean we are the fucking city right now and the world knows it. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, the like whole the time that, we're, that I told yeah. the sort of, that we've been going through about this timeline. Yeah. About you know when we're when we're throwing shows to when I, to now Toronto went from a, a city where if I was down in New York or L.A. you know and I, I told people where I was from they'd be like uh, that's Canada right you know what I mean and now yeah like we have uh, an amazing uh, talent pool and yeah we have a sound it's been incredible to to witness. And really, I feel like I've been a part of just this, this sound, like, coming out of the city. Um, I was talking with someone about how, like, Toronto was, like, really, like, a J. Dilla city back in the day. You know what I mean? And how, like, J. Dilla's inspiration to to everything has, like, slowly but in a very different way. Like, you might never guess it, right? And it's, like, almost more, like, his textures, like, because because of, like, the context of the timeline, like... You're never gonna, you're not gonna battle the fact that Fruity Loops became like the way to produce to produce drums. You know what I mean? So like, of course, Toronto, like that. If when Toronto came into its sound, an outside factor, you know, incorporated the fact that there's gonna be big 808s and you know crazy hi hats and you know snares on the on the one or one two. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Mm. And Dilla's drums are nothing like that. But we were such a Dilla city that, like, I think that those dark textures are very, like, welcome to Detroit. You know what I mean? And, like, I know, like, 40 must have been, you know, like, yeah. Like, I don't have to know the guy to know that he's a fan of Dilla. You know mm. what I mean? Everybody was in Toronto growing up, you know? Mm. And, and various other aspects. But that sound really encapsulated how it felt to be a person in Toronto in the middle of the winter in the dark, you know, 6 p.m. The sun setting at 4 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it felt like that music, like, it felt like being at Chahosky on a Friday night in the mm. middle of wintertime. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it felt. And it never, it had never existed before. It was something that they had invented. But it literally, like, it didn't, I didn't bat an eye. I was like, yes, this is how it feels 
to be from here and like let me in on this like let me add this kind of production because this is how I feel you know what I mean and and now you know just to be able to witness all the people that have popped off obviously Drake obviously Weekend but then countless others um has been a, like a privilege been something that I've just been super lucky to have to have witnessed like from from day one you know I remember when Drake was opening for the clips at Circa with my buddy Aroby who was in uh Boombox Saints and that was sort of when I first and then it was like oh this guy's got a song with Fontaine little brother that's crazy and then it was like oh this guy's got a song with Lil Wayne that's crazy and then it was like out of here and it was like this is about to be Something you could have never even imagined. So, you know, when you when are you gonna be able to, you know, if I'm if I met someone that like could tell me that about their experience with Jay Z, I'd be like, Man, mm. tell me this, tell me that, tell me about that, you know? So Yeah, yeah, we gotta take advantage of it. Yeah. Um Yo, Tim, I really appreciate uh, anything else you wanna leave the audience with, bro, before you we out of here. I'm releasing Lots of my own music. Counting is out now. Jazz Feezy. Um, he produced that. Um, my man, Cena. And, uh, and yeah, pushing as a songwriter on uh, Jordan's single, Rumors, right now. I think mm. it's on heavy rotation on, on the move. So mm. keep your ears peeled and, you know, keep that algorithm going. <laughs> Tim on, North on, on the Come Up Show podcast. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. Chichia. And that is my conversation with Tim North on the Come Up Show podcast. So happy to catch up with him. Make sure you check out his music and his previous stuff as well, too. Uh, yo, if this is your first time tuning in, subscribe each and every Wednesday. A brand new episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description. My name is Chet Oya. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.